and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond and we have an unbelievable show for you in this mini Olympic series, part two of that series. And it is it is a bumper packed show after an incredible end of Olympic sevens, of course, New Zealand, the Blackburn running out winners, beating France, Fiji grabbing the bronze over Team GB. I've just got one, two, or we've got three guests for you today. Two captains, co-captain of the USA team, Abby Kostaitis, is joining us on the pod. And just what it means to be the whole part of the USA Olympic machine. Um, wait to hear about the amount of stash that uh, she got. We've got Jasmine Joyce, who was uh, in team of the tournament, wasn't she? One of the top try scorers as well. Had an excellent showing out in Tokyo. Jasmine Joyce tells us about the journey that Team GB went on and what incredible 12 months they have had. And last but not least, we have New Zealand's flag bearer, their captain and now gold medalist to go with a silver from Rio. It is Sarah Hirani coming up on the show. But first of all, let's get into that uh, chat with Jasmine Joyce. I caught up with a little Welsh Bristol wizard. Absolutely delighted to be joined by Jazz Joyce of Bristol Bears, of Wales, of course, and of course, Team GB. Back from Tokyo. Jazz, thanks so much for, for joining us. Uh, how are you? How's the last two, three, three days been for you? Where, where are the emotions right now? Hey, yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, lots of different emotions. Um, I think uh, two, three days isn't long enough to kind of get over um, what, what's just happened, but I think it gives us a little bit of time to reflect um, about actually the bigger picture and what we've actually um, achieved being out there um, rather than kind of the initial fourth place loss. Um, yeah, there's a lot more that we wanted to do, which I think we've achieved, um, such as Aspiring a Nation, loads of little girls. I think all of us have had hundreds and hundreds of messages from parents, um, younger girls and boys who, who want to be rugby players. So, yeah, I think that definitely we achieved that. Awesome. Well, we'll, we'll go to slightly more painful stuff to, to start and then sort of widen it out, if, if that's all right. Th those messages, how do they come through? Because, you know, Olympics is, is, is incredibly special. I mean, it's, it's going 24-7 in the kitchen here at uh, Chateau Hamo. Um, and we just absolutely love it. The kids and all the rest of it get, get, get completely inspired. Uh, how were those messages back from, from home coming, coming to you guys? Yeah, we had lots of different things. Um, obviously, through our social media, um, <clears throat> we had a lot of... Um, heat and a lot of people message us on that but we, our, our coaches and kind of everything like that um actually organized where our friends and family got to um, send messages in so before our jersey presentation we actually got to hear uh, yeah loads of messages from home which was yeah which was honestly amazing and um, we did it two days before the tournament just because it was very emotional and I think if we did the day before it would have been yeah even more emotional but um, yeah, like the support from from back here, um, Wales, Great Britain has honestly been like the best it's ever had, um, been part of a, a squad. So, yeah, I can't thank everyone else enough for that. Oh, brilliant. I suspect there wasn't a dry eye in the house was there a couple of days before Absolutely the year. <laughs> brilliant. Um, just take us back to to that final whistle then, if you would, to that, that the, the Fiji game. What was said? Who was talking? Was there not much talking? Just, just give us a snapshot to, yeah, to to to, to a disappointing end to the campaign. 
Yeah, it was very unfortunate. But I think going into um, our third day, having lost to France, I think that was that was a massive blow to us because I think we played them <laughs> this year and we beat them. So that, I think, was the hardest one. Um, and then to play Fiji, they're, they're an unpredictable team and, and, and they just out, outplayed us. So um, they, were, they were the better team on the day. But there wasn't much said straight after, I don't think. But I think co-captains and, and coaches were spoke very well and just said, like, it was it was bigger than, than just a medal that we wanted to go out there and do and um yeah we definitely did it did a lot more than that out there like, just lots of tears <laughs> yeah I, i'm sure and there, how, how did you guys regroup was it over uh i guess the, the diet's fairly strict was it over a mcdonald's in the village or was it over a, a couple of beers what, what was it making a, a tiktok video what how do the girls sort of come back together because there's been lots of social media and lots of smiles and the camaraderie across the countries and what have you has been there for all to see yeah um it was meant to be a dry game so there wasn't actually you couldn't actually purchase any alcohol on the um on the in the village but we might have snuck out got bikes and cycled to a shop might <laughs> got a few beers. um yeah like yeah um so we did that and then we just, yeah, played some games. We had kangaroo court, so people had lots of different finds. Um, and, yeah, it was just nice to kind of relax and, yeah, step away from rugby type thing. And, and there was a lot of um, other athletes as well, like different sports, different countries, who was on, like, this grass pitch who had somehow got beers as well. So, yeah, it, it was an amazing experience after as well. Oh, awesome. I'm really, really pleased. It kind of ended with a bit of a, a crescendo. That, who was judge? always like to know who judges on kangaroo court. Um, well, our captain, our co-captains were um, kind of judge, judges or um, yeah, Abbey, team yeah. leader, but then that means that they don't actually get fined, so that's not fair. <laughs> but they did have a few. <laughs> Absolutely. Let, just let, let's get into the the, the the sort of details. You say the three day event, um, and and I guess I mean I watched that that USA game and yeah, slightly tight one against the. Uh, Russian Olympic Committee. I think that's the official title, isn't it? Um, but that USA game, you know, watched watched England sevens and, and GB sevens um, for for a long time. I've not seen a more complete performance. Where where did that come from? Um, and then what were the what were the takeaways to to then take into that next day after that performance? Oh yeah, us playing against USA was the best we've ever played as squad, um, and We'd previously we played USA in in warm up games and we'd and we'd lost all of them other than one and we drew, so I think we almost had nothing to lose going out there. People didn't did not expect us to to come through to the quarterfinals um, and let alone win them. So um, I think a lot of us had learned individually how to how to be better against them as a squad, but also, like you said, it was a full team performance. Our defence was um, well one of the best I've seen and I think probably one of the best in the tournaments in in that particular game. Um, the USA, we just swarmed them. So, um, and that was a big part of what we've been building over for the last six months was our defence as well. So, for us to put a, a, a performance in like that, I think was yeah credit to, to all of us and, and individually as the girls as well. It was yeah, it was great to be out there. It was it was so much fun. And you enjoyed that hit, didn't you? Uh, I can't remember who it was on now, uh, but um, an unbelievable hit, hit from yourself. And then <laughs> one, one of the, I think it was Abby said at the end, um, or it might have been Meg that. Um, Slight reputation of being slightly, slightly soft, and actually, I mean, that completely, utterly dispelled all of that. Who, who, who's driving that physicality, that that drive? Because 
I think one of the commentators said you're you were almost half the size of um, uh, of the lady you're tackling, um, and yet absolutely dominated physically uh, across the board in that game. Who's driving that? Where did that come from? Um, what is it? Individual as me, or as in like as a squad? Yeah, both, both. Yeah. Both. Oh yeah, like um, well, our coach, um, uh, assistant coach James Rodwell, he were yeah was a massive part in our, our defence throughout the tournament and. He just wanted ball back. He wanted an aggressive defence. Um, he never wanted us to sit off. He just wanted to, us, to, us to just go get the ball. And um, that was clear to see that that 100% worked for us. Um, we just clicked the squad and, and it was awesome. Um, but yeah, I'm always small, so I always need to kind of have good tackle technique. Otherwise, I'm just going to get pushed off. So um, yeah, being up against girls who are literally probably double my body weight isn't sometimes fun because it hurts. <laughs> um, but then I've just learned to kind of get their ankles rather than go high, which is, isn't a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. So you finish on a complete high against the USA. We then get into, into France. Take us through that, that match where you felt it was, it was won and lost. Why you couldn't achieve the levels that you, you did against the USA that we've just been talking about. Yeah, I think us going into that, um, we were super confident, not just because we thought we could beat them and we kind of didn't get complacent, but we just we felt confident going into a, into a game after the performance we had against against USA. So I think we were in a really good place going into it. Um, France actually scored first, which hadn't happened to us um, throughout the whole of the the tournament. So I don't know whether that kind of had a negative impact on us then moving forward. And then they actually scored again. So then they went like fourteen nil up. Um, and we hadn't actually experienced that throughout the tournament yet. So I don't know whether that could potentially have had an impact um, in, into us because we were always the ones to score first. Um, and then we came back a little bit. But yeah, to be fair to France, like they, they played a great game as well. Um, we didn't step up as individuals. We didn't step up as a team in that game, um, <clears throat> especially the way we did against USA. So yeah, like credit to France. They, they came out firing and unfortunately we didn't, um, yeah, didn't come out like we came out against USA. Yeah, they just came from nowhere, didn't they, the French? I mean, nobody was talking about them pre-tournament, um, and yet so typically typically French. Oh, we, we, we think we'll, we'll fancy turning it on now. Um, and then you get into the, the bronze medal match, um, which, you know, um, a few of you have been there before. Um, what was the what was said before? Before that one, because uh, again, Fiji been particularly impressive through through the through the tournament. Um, what was said before that one? Just just how key was it to to come away with a medal? Or was it was it purely about uh, just expressing yourselves fully and giving a full account of yourselves? Yeah, it was always going to be going tough, uh, going to be tough going into that bronze medal match again. Three of us that had been there before and kind of really didn't want to be in the same position we were in Rio, um, but. It, this was always going to be our hardest game. Fiji, they knocked um, Australia out of the quarters. They they beat New Zealand prior to the games. Like We always knew that was going to be one of our hardest games. Um, so, yeah, we just needed to kind of switch on and, and kind of forget us losing against France and come out firing. Um, and fair play to Fiji, like, they, they came out firing. We, we haven't played a team like Fiji in so long, so it's always tough to then go out there and, and take learnings from it. So, uh, yeah, it was always going to be a tough one. I'm sorry, to we, we, we're going through some of the, the, the dark moments. I, I hope you don't mind. We are going to widen it out in a, 
in a minute or so. When when you when you're in that situation and you probably feel it slipping away, just just what's going through the the head at that point, Jazz? It's tough. Um, yeah, really tough because they again they scored first. I think they even went potentially twenty one nil up at one point. Yeah. So um, sevens is a game you can literally score within thirty seconds anyway. So. It's always never kind of a lost game, especially within the first half. Um, but that we just couldn't break them down. Um, and yeah, to know that that soon you were going to lose the game, yeah, is always sad. But yeah, shame, real shame. Uh, uh, on a personal level, I mean, a, a bucket full of tries. <laughs> one, one of these sort of names to to, to come out of the tournament. Those, those in the know. Have, Known what a, an exceptional athlete and, and rugby player you are for for, for some time now, but uh, on on a personal level, you you you're pretty pleased to to put a decent shift in. I'm sure you've had a few hours on the play now to to reflect on a on a personal level. Yeah, definitely. I think there was a few of us who, who did step up and and had great tournaments. Um, as a, also as a team, I think we were great. Um, but yeah, my goal yeah was going into the tournament was to get gold and, and make player um or, or make the team of the tournament. So to have those goals and kind of achieve one of them is yeah, it was always great. Obviously probably the one I didn't want to achieve more. But um yeah, yeah on a personal level, like yeah, so much enjoyment through it. And it's I think it's definitely from the confidence that the whole of the team GB have, have um have done through coaches and staff. I think we have such a great culture, such a great atmosphere there and it's easy to play well when you've got well world class players around you, and yeah, you're on the world stage, stepping up, and it's where you want to be, I guess. So yeah, I like pressure. Um, so yeah, I, I loved it. Great stuff, and I mean, Jasmine Joyce, double Olympian. <laughs> How mad does that sound? Yeah, mental. Um, it's crazy. Not many right? people. Yeah, yeah, not many people can say that or even think that they're going to become that. Yeah, unbelievable. And yes, what 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 stories to to tell? What what were the the big differences then then Jazz between uh, between Rio and, and Tokyo? Um, obviously the the cardboard bed situation in Tokyo rather than um, whatever bed you, you had in Rio. But just as a sort of tournament, probably outside of the sort of COVID situation, but more the sort of the village and 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 the, and the setup. It, look, yeah, it is really similar. Um, the same as like Commonwealth Games and same same as different right. tournaments like that. It is all very similar um, in a sense of um, you're in flats with with your your country. You get to meet so many different athletes from from different countries and different sports. So that is obviously massive um, to, to take away as well. And the whole experience of it, um, you just have to enjoy it. And our coach kept saying, um, "Yeah, okay, we're here to perform and get a gold medal, but we're actually also here to to enjoy the whole experience of." Of being an Olympian and um, to take that in, we had um, yeah about five days in the village before we competed, where we could take it in and then kind of switch on on game day. But yeah, it's just an insane experience. The food hall is is something else as well. Um, just so many different foods from from different countries. Um, you could literally choose whatever you wanted. We actually made our way there um, Saturday night after our tournament. I think it was like four a.m. and we were like shoving pizza and chips down our mind so yeah that was definitely <laughs> one of the highlights <laughs> brilliant jazz you're a double olympian one of the highlights eating pizza and chips <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <can> say that. <laughs> of course no because it, it's such a such a treat um i'm, I'm sure like, I, yeah, 
unbelievable um, to to have that um, on the CV, the the the, the double implant. If we can just just finally, Jazz, um, just just widen out. And I know the the the, the coaches there, you know, Charlie Hayter and, and Big Red uh, James Rodwell, you know, talking about uh, the experience and, and 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 wanting to to enjoy that and what have you. But have you had time, and it's probably a little too early, um, I wonder whether you might have spoken about it on the way home. And and the word journey is is is, is massively overused, isn't it? And, and especially Olympics time. Um, but, you know, it's effectively, effectively an amateur tournament, is it? So most people have been on a journey and got a story. But your story is, is quite incredible over the, the last 12, 16 months. Have you had time to reflect on just what you've achieved as a group? Um, I don't think so yet, but I think definitely having all the messages and support from home prior to the Olympics, but also post as well. I think it, it honestly is like fantastic. Um, yeah, the amount of support we've had <clears throat> where personally, like I've literally worked five years for to go to the Olympics again. Um, everything I've done, not drinking, kind of not seeing friends, family. Um, yeah, to get to the, the, the point of actually making it then is, yeah, just, yeah, dream come true. And Finally, now I can rest, rest up two weeks off fully. Um, yeah, and then I'm sure we'll get to a point where we reflect on it. Yeah, um, I can see. Yeah, just, just, just what it, just what it means to you. I, I if the, yeah, the, there is ever an example in rugby of not giving up on your, on your dreams. Totally cut, totally fu- unfunded. Nobody's got a job to, to raise yourselves up, you uh, as a group of, of men and women, uh, and then compete so admirably at the uh, Olympics is you know, uh, qu- quite inspirational. So, look, Jazz, I, I, we'll, um, we'll, we'll leave it there. But, but I just, yeah, I, I've had loads of messages from people who don't all often watch rugby. And it was, oh, are you watching, are you watching the sevens? Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, loads and loads of text. So, look, this is our job, isn't it? All of us uh, in the women's game to, to try and grow it. And you have done not only a personal, but uh, on, on a team level, huge, huge strides in, in doing that over the, the last week. So congratulations on a, on a tremendous uh, Olympics. No, thanks very much. Yeah, much appreciated that. No, brilliant. And uh, let's hope you keep your try-scoring form going into the uh, next Premier 15 season. And no doubt we'll, uh, we'll see you very soon. Absolutely. <laughs> Cheers, Jazz. You take care. Thanks a lot. Thank you. I'm Stacey Flula, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Yeah, what an incredible journey Team GB have been on, of course. They would like to have come away with some uh, some metal hanging around the necks. Of course they would, but in terms of where they were, Mission Possible, um, well, it certainly is, isn't it? Uh, can all very much hold their heads up very, very high. That, uh, that victory over the USA was was a victory to, to hang performances on for, for some time to come. So, yes, they must uh, hold their heads high and get back into some some 15s and some 7s. And let's look at uh, where that programme goes now. It uh, shows it's a programme funding the men and the women. Still to come on this mini Olympic series here on the Women's Rugby Pod, we have Sarah Hearney, the New Zealand captain and gold medal winner, but first of all, let's go to the other side of the pond. Let's go the other way around the globe and get the reaction to what was a, a brilliant Olympic Games in terms of the sevens for Team USA. Here's Abby Gostaitis. Abby, thank you so much for 
coming on to the uh, women's rugby pod, a very, very warm welcome. Awesome to have uh, someone from the other side of the pond and, and obviously someone who's uh, had a, a very, very busy couple of weeks. You're in the car there, off, off somewhere nice? <laughs> That's the plan, off to Mexico for a little girls' trip, holiday, uh, post-Olympics, debrief uh, as they go. Oh, nice. Well, you, you, you've earned the rest. You've obviously just just come back from uh, from Tokyo. H- how was it for you? How, how was the how was the whole experience? Just a roller coaster. It was unreal to represent our country at one of the highest stages. Was uh, just I was just so proud to do it and to bring the communities back home together. Like that was really what did it for me. All the support without the fans. And that was great. The rugby, obviously things didn't go how I wanted them to. And that was a tough loss uh, to Great Britain, but credit to them. I mean, unreal game plan they came with and they just outplayed us. But it was disappointing to say the least. I think anyone watching knows how heartbreaking it was. Yeah, we, yeah, you could certainly feel it. Well, we'll touch on the plank side in just a moment, if if we may. We'll just just go back to because I suspect the USA Olympic team. It must just be a huge juggernaut of a machine in a, a typical sort of American type way. I mean, I, I saw some some social media stuff for you. I mean, I, I guess you probably had to pack three or four more suitcases just to bring the stash back with you, didn't you? We actually did. We all checked four bags back home, and it was ridiculous to say the least. Like crashing carts at the airport, you know, whole hustle and bustle. But grateful, obviously, it was it was like Christmas for sure. Yeah, and you were the fans. And how were they? How were they getting messages across to you? Was it was it sort of social media? Were there? I mean, the old days it would have been fax and what have you, but emails and what have you coming in? So there was plenty of support while you were out there. Oh, definitely. It was it was almost too much to even have your phone because anytime you would look at it, it's just influx, which is so endearing and it makes you feel good and you appreciate all the support when women's rugby is getting and the growth it's shown. But at the same time, you're like, okay, what what am I supposed to be doing? Like, how how do I turn this off and get back to the game mode if that's what's needed? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You got annoying people trying to get you on podcasts. Uh... <laughs> Firing your messages as well. So, no, no, apologies for that. Let's let's get into the you know the, the actual Olympics itself, the opening ceremony. Uh, probably quite strange with fans, but a, a, probably quite a different experience. Just talk talk us through the just the excitement in camp at that time. It was so we actually went to Mimasaka, which was three hours inland from Tokyo okay. for our, our week lead leading up to entering the village and. The hospitality was second to none. Like, I mean, even in the village and at the stadium, just all of the volunteers and the hosts, just so compassionate and just just so loving in every manner, like anything you needed. And they were just so thankful that the games were able to go on, as were the athletes. And so I think just from japan putting on the olympics like right from the start it was such a great environment and they did such a great job but we ended up going to the village the thursday before so a week prior and we went to opening ceremonies which was unreal i mean i can't imagine how big it could have been with you know the stadium filled but even without and like we were towards the back and behind, we were right in front of France. And then 
you know, in classic American manner, everyone just starts chanting USA. And then you got the French behind us and they're like, Allez Francais. And then they're just going back and forth. And it was, it was a really cool thing to be a part of. And you're, you know, you're with everyone. You have like the NBA players, down yeah. to people like women's rugby, who not that many people know of. And it was just really cool to interact in that manner with people from your own country that you'd never see or meet otherwise and just to know that you're all on that same platform and that they find value in it too so it's not just you being the little person being like oh this is such a cool experience like oh no they think it's really cool and like they're filled with the same amount of pride that's why they're here and walking in it and um so that yeah opening ceremonies was amazing like we were up until like two in the morning and you're just like buzzing and then like the next day it's like a lull of like oh wait wait what are we doing again (laughs) (laughs) yeah what why are we here yeah exactly you're just like yeah everyone's like yelling and you know you're drenched in sweat because you've been walking around for five hours and our staff's like why is everyone's calves so tight why is everyone complaining they're sore like like sorry but yeah it was the opening ceremonies was definitely one of the highs um and then we just really just dived right in and we had maybe two or three sessions super breezy just you know we we knew what we were we needed to do and it was just kind of getting the minds right and sharpening up but and then right into game mode but the village was cool minus the cardboard beds those were real (laughs) and not comfortable right okay check (laughs) we won't uh, we'll be exchanging the oak for cardboard then no No definitely definitely not (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, you say you jump straight into uh, we get into to, to start playing and yeah, you know, the pool stages. You you're rocking. You're, you're playing some some really really good stuff. And then, then we get to to GB, which I know you touched on earlier. Going into that GB game, you, you must have felt you know, really really full of confidence. We did. I mean, we went out there and we did the job that we wanted to do. Going three and zero in our pool, and then yeah. especially with that. W- going off the back of that win of Australia, it was, yeah, we were definitely connected and we finally felt like things clicked because we beat China and Japan, but China, I mean, China came to play. Like they were a strong team. Their skill set is unreal, but you expect the USA to beat them handedly. And, and then you'd see the Australia scores against them and you're like, Oh, like, okay, they are putting points up. So then once we beat Australia, it was like, okay, all right, we got it. We're clicking, we're connected. And then you have that huge break, you know, five hours or whatever in between games and everyone, it's good vibes. And then, you know, it starts to rain and then the game gets delayed 30 minutes and we're like, okay, that's fine. You know, we just go, we warm up. We're like, okay, will the conditions change? We're, we're fine. We're good. Like, this is the position we put ourselves in by going 3-0. and Like, yeah. Australia's playing Fiji, and Fiji were looking great. So, um, that you would think you would want to play Great Britain, you know, not to downplay them at all. But then they just came out from the get. I mean, we made an error in the first play of the game and gave Great Britain the ball and they capitalized off it almost immediately and from then just the first I would say three minutes Great Britain brought it and we we didn't adapt fast enough 
they played seven up D against us. We, we didn't ever kick it through. We just weren't able to shift our game plan to adjust to what we were seeing. And I mean, that's sevens, right? It's 14 minutes. It's if you don't adapt fast enough, like you're, you're chasing that scoreboard the entire time. And that's exactly the position we found ourselves in, but the defense from great Britain, Oh my goodness. Unreal. They didn't miss a tackle. I'm like, where is the space like this is sevens <laughs> yeah yeah it was suffocating wasn't it i, I just wonder because you know the devastation was was quite clearly and you're I mean, you're speaking about it with a smile on your face now which is which is brilliant but um the devastation was very very clear for, for everyone to see as you say you you probably think oh well, we've got the better side of the draw yeah we've got the sort of runner up as it were in, in gb rather than fiji um and then for them to literally blast, I don't think you got out of your twenty-two, or certainly the the, the back end of third of your of your half for the first five six minutes of the game was uh, it almost looked shell shocked. Was was that the feel, and therefore even more devastating because you possibly didn't expect it. Yeah, I think it was. It was like okay, we can make this happen, but then I'm looking around and. I could just see it in my teammates. Like they're starting to lose that connection and, and that it's exhausting, right? Playing defense or even playing attack and not getting anywhere. And by the time, like we made a ton of errors on our own, let alone from all the pressure Great Britain was giving us. And we just didn't have anything left to capitalize on the little bit of space we did see. And I mean, it was it's a tough game but it's you know like it's sport at the end of the day like that's the position we put ourselves in you you're vulnerable to that loss and the feelings that come with it and I I think I learned so much after that and because you just think like going into it it's like it's a medal or it's nothing like, and if we don't meddle, then like, what was all of this for? Like, for... why did I, why did I spend the last 10 years of my life playing this sport? And it's like, well, because it's the best freaking thing in the world, right? Like it's <laughs> rugby. It is so incredible. And it's taught me so many things, but like, I'm just getting emotional thinking about it now, but I mean, the respect, discipline, determination, having to just get to the Olympics is obviously a feat in itself. But I I still believe in our team. And it's just the sport we chose to play is sevens. And any team on the day can win any game. And I mean, I think that was shown in the other semifinal, like, you know, bounce the ball one way. Fiji could be the gold medalist, right? Like it's yeah, hundred percent. And you know, Great Britain outplayed us. And as much as I back back the girls, it wasn't our game. And you know, it wasn't like someone even said to me. One of my teammates after was just like, "I can't even be that upset because we actually just got outplayed. It wasn't like it was close, and we, you know, we were playing great footy." And I was like, that sucks to hear, but it's true. And yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I, it didn't even click because I was like, everyone was dealing with it differently. Like, I'm that girl just like sitting there, just like leaking. <laughs> and then, you know, you have people 
freaking out and then but other people are just completely stoic and or we all react differently but in the game I just felt like we we lost that like bit of connection and we just went individual and in sevens when you make a mistake you have to flush that and get right back to it because no team out there is flawless it's whatever team can pick their heads right back up and go again. And I think we didn't do that in the Great Britain game. We let them score and then we're down. They score again. And it's like, we just weren't able to flush the little mistakes. And then we tried to just do it on our own and you cannot win in sevens games on your own. Like that, there's no hiding out there, but it's definitely going to take a little bit of team effort. And I think we just, we just fell short in that one. Oh, Abby, it's um, it, thank you for, for for taking us right inside that moment because um, yeah, you're you're honestly there. It's um, yeah, really uh, compelling stuff. And I, I've got loads more to ask you, but I'm very conscious you've got to catch a plane. And I mean, geez, if if you miss your plane because of me, um, <laughs> yeah, I know Corbs will be hunting me out. I know that much. Um, but um, just one last question, if if I may. Um, as I said, I'd like to ask you loads more. But one, one last for me. Yeah, we we know the sleeping giant that, that the USA is, and the amount of athletes. And um, I mean, I actually, you know, on the on the job hunt myself, and there, I mean, virtually it seems like every single university in the states is starting up a women's rugby program. I, and I just wondered what you felt your role has been over the last month or even even 12 months we you know we know about the funding with the 15s and what have you and it in it, 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 it all just what did you got to achieve on the one perspective with, with relationship between sevens and, and usa and and how far do you think you've achieved that does that make uh, sense i think so i mean i'll give you my answer and then if it wasn't what you wanted <laughs> then you ask me again you'll definitely make sense not my question yeah you carry on <laughs> No, it's just that, that that wider perspective of you know, what you feel, you, you know, what pieces you put in the jigsaw for USA Rugby, really. Right. Okay. So there we go. We're on the same page. <laughs> for me, it's I've had such a difficult path that was a winding road to get to the national team. It was. It's almost luck, right? It was like okay, the coach saw, heard someone talk about that person and then they spoke someone, okay, let's go check them out. And I just want to make the pathway to the national team clearer and more accessible. And I want younger players to know that we have a national team and that there's a full-time training environment that is in Southern California and is the dream. So I want people to know about it and I, I think the support has grown immensely let alone with the Olympics but just in the last year or two there's been a lot more excitement and obviously the Olympics in the U.S. is such a huge thing like everyone grows up watching it I can remember sitting on my floor watching the Summer Olympics every four years and I don't want that to be just every four years people learn about rugby again and relearn the rules and see it for the first time in four years like I want people watching the World Series I want people to see a rugby ball and know what it is I don't want people asking <laughs> is that the sport with the sticks you know like it's 
it's such a great game. I've never met someone who turns on a rugby game and like, oh, no, that's not for me. Like, oh, this is boring. Oh, what are they doing? It's like, yeah, it's complicated, but it's exciting. And there's so much that goes into it. And the athleticism required to play it is unreal. And so I just want more girls playing this sport because I think a lot of times parents have this negative connotation with it as well. Like, Oh, it's super physical. Like, are there concussions? Is it safe? And like, we, you know, it's all taught in that. And I just want to say, yes, you can play too. Like, yes, your daughter can play rugby. It doesn't matter. It's whatever size she is, her age. And that goes for boys as well, but it's so much more accepted. And I hate, when people relate it, that it, it, it's a man's sport. And there's that common saying like, oh, it's, you know, a gentleman's game, but it's for women too. And it's so empowering and it's the best community I've ever been a part of. I, I just feel so like strong and capable surrounded by my teammates and I feel nothing but uplifted and encouraged in every way. And it's just so welcoming and I, I just want more people to be a part of it. And I want girls to know that they can play this at the highest level. And was that those feelings you've expressed there so, so eloquently, um, were they massively heightened with the Olympic journey that you've just been on? Oh, huge. And like the more outreach that we can do, like we try to go and like go to local programs and just to, get it out there and it's with the Olympic buildup, it's getting more coverage than ever and people are so excited. And, you know, when, when are you guys playing next? Like, Oh, when is this? And I love the support, but I, I want there to be like, w what's going to happen to keep the sport growing. Like we don't just want to watch the best compete. Like we don't want that gap to continue to grow because that is a big thing in the states it's you have the national team and then it drops down to club level and we need to continue to build and develop these players and the skill sets in order to you know keep our program strong for the next few generations yeah absolutely oh look abby it's uh, I, as i said i talked to you for hours and i think there's a a second episode there to, to tell us more about the usa rugby and how things are going but look france is is not far away can we expect to see you going for a a, a medal in a couple of years time I, I have my eyes on the sevens world cup and then we can uh we can do a recap and and then we'll see see how see how i'm aging <laughs> <laughs> uh with great class as you continue to do so. Look, I would say, thank you so much for coming on. Really, really appreciate it. Go and have an awesome time in Mexico. Don't drink too many worms. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, re regards to, to your corpse. And yeah, as I say, once again, thanks so much for coming on. It's been brilliant. Absolute pleasure. Um, yeah, happy to be here. And definitely, we'll, uh, we'll catch up again soon. Take care. Have a great holiday. Thank you. Cheers, Abby. Bye. I'm Shani Williams, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Well, brilliant to hear from Abby from the other side of the pond, just getting her on way to a fly. Really appreciate her taking the time and yeah, just to hear her speak so eloquently. And emotionally, there's a, a lot of emotion on the pod 
today. Uh, I think we expected that post-Olympics, whether you picked up the right medal or any medal at all. But uh, these, these athletes really do put in a huge amount of sacrifice, personal sacrifice, whether that be team or money or, or time, time away from family, away from friends. Um, and anyone who's Olympian um, should be very, very proud of themselves to, to get to that level of, of their respective sports. Uh, truly, truly incredible. We've got Sarah here in uh, just moments away now for you, the New Zealand captain. She speaks absolutely superbly of what motivated her and the uh, New Zealand side because they didn't have it all their own way over in Tokyo. But she's come out in just a moment or two. But the uh, Women's Rugby Pod today is brought to you by VO. Have you heard of VO? Uh, it is a sports camera that you can film rugby matches on without the need for a camera operator. That's right. It uses two 4K lenses to capture 180 degrees to make sure you don't miss a moment of the action. Saracens was there using the cameras last season. And it's, of course, not just for elite sport. This is a bridge between the... Uh, Grassroots and elite, an elite sport with this state-of-the-art camera technology, making it easy and accessible for everyone to use so that every big team or small can watch themselves play and develop and level up. And it really is a perfect coaching tool. It's portable. It attaches to a tripod, which means you can set up anywhere without any need for internet or mains connection. And you do know what the best bit is, do you? VO are going to give the women's rugby pod £100 kits. That's £100 off the camera by using the discount code WRP100. So that's WRP, the number one, zero, zero. To get £100 off your very own VO camera, it really is a game changer, this, to watch your own rugby back. Uh, any level of the game is only a good thing. So just visit vo.co. That's V-E-O dot C-O. Well, as we promised, uh, an interview I so thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. The New Zealand captain, their flag bearer. I, the lady has had an unbelievable couple of weeks to, to be the captain and to win a gold medal uh, outside of the flag bearing and all the rest. She tells us all about it now. I'll stop waffling on. Here's Sarah Hirini. So it is a unbelievably special, huge welcome to... Oof. I mean, the intro, where do we go with? We, we go with Olympian to start with. Double Olympian. Uh, silver medalist last time out. Now gold medal winner. Not only that, captain... And flag bearer for New Zealand, Sarah Hirini. Hello, how are you? How's your hotel room? Hey, mate, how's it going? I'm, um, yeah, pretty buzzing on life at the moment and enjoying my hotel room, being able to relax and have some time to myself. It's brilliant. Huge, huge congratulations. What, what's the initial feeling? Because as you say, you, you, you're into quarantine back home there and plenty of time with just you, you and your medal cuddling up on the bed there, but, but some time for some self-reflection. What's the overriding feeling? Just pure happiness. Um, and not just because we won, but because 
it's been a really long five years. It's um, been a pretty tough five months and like the happiness comes from seeing the joy you get when you ring your family and I'm just really proud of how we've gone and um, obviously having a, a gold medal is extremely like it helps that and, it, and it's put a big um, like a big for me um, an emotional part of my family and um, yeah it's, oh, it's I can't even put it into words it's just a really nice feeling you don't chance have the medal to hand do you definitely doesn't leave my side at, at the moment we can't go too far can it leave in the uh, in the hotel room <laughs> look there it is for those of you listening on the on the podcast and not listening watching the youtube channel yes area is uh just showing us it looks weighty as well it's so heavy. it looks heavy is yeah it? i i've heard someone weighed theirs and it's like over 600 grams or something my word which is pretty heavy when it's hanging around your neck yeah, absolutely. Oh, well, just, just, just. Uh, what, have you got plans for that? Is it going to go up on the wall somewhere? Keep it in the top drawer? What? Uh, you're not given that a thought yet. Oh, like when I get home, I'll say it'll be passed around my family for for a month or so. Um, like I'm going to share it with anyone and everyone who's helped me. I'm I'm pretty keen to do that. So I probably won't even see it for a little while, and not out of respect for it. Um, just more because I want to share it with the people who've helped me. So. It'll be travelling around New Zealand, I'm sure. So it's something I've wanted to sort of pick up on slightly slightly later on, and we've, we've got lots to, to talk about. But you, you, you were use that word family, and you know, we've spoken before on here, and, it, and it's something that's it's just comes through incredibly, incredibly clearly with, with you. And, and you talk about your, your, your teammates as, as sisters, uh, and a huge amount of love for for them. Is that where the, the drive and the desire comes from? Because you say it's been a been a long old five years, and, and does that make it even more special? The fact that you are so close to not only those players but but your home family. You're doing it. For them. Yeah, I think so. Like I I love rugby. I love playing it. I have a real passion for it, um, and I'm driven to to win things like as a family we were a pretty competitive bunch and I can remember as a kid if we won something you'd, my dad would give us like five bucks to go spend at the two dollar shop or whatever so like I think that's where I got my drive to be real competitive and to want to uh, want to succeed and then not being able to do that on the world stage and my family being that supportive of me um when you succeed or even when you don't they're still there like they're, they're always right behind me um supporting me always sending me messages and then I think that's why the, our team's so close as well is because we've got such loving families when then when we travel we become our own family and we look after each other and yeah it's been two months on the road with each other and like I can honestly say I haven't got sick of them well now I'm by <laughs> myself so it's all right but <laughs> And I, 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 mean, I hope Dad gave you more than, than, than five bucks for winning the Olympic gold. <laughs> we had a good discussion about it. Um, yeah, but he's potentially going to pay for my um, Olympic ring tattoo, so I'm pretty happy with that. Ah, oh, there you go then. Which there you go. pretty cool. 
Who was the first person you, you, you spoke to uh, post sort of getting in the change rooms or whatever? Um, obviously, no, no no crowd or no fans, which is yeah a real shame. I suspect there would have been plenty of fans there. But who, who got on the phone first? Who did you share that moment with outside of your teammates? I rang my husband first and like, I was so excited to get back to my phone just so I could talk to my family. They were all over New Zealand, so it was real difficult to try and communicate with them all but yeah rang my husband and he was at our house in Papamoa with his family and our friends and like the room just went nuts he was waiting for the call and um yeah it was that was a pretty special moment and I think the other one was ringing my dad um and like being going for a tough time at the moment seeing him smile for the first time in five months was like it just made me really like I started crying seeing that and um he was with his couple of good friends and then all my mum's sisters and at my sister's house and yeah so those two phone calls were pretty special for me yeah absolutely um and and obviously you're doing it for even more special reason and somebody looking down from on high and I know you you, you put mum on 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 the boots there um yeah, I haven't been in a lost a lost a parent early in, in my life. I, I know what a motivation that can be. Um, just how special was it to to do it for mum? Yeah, really special. She's watched me win every other pinnacle event. She's come to so many games, and like she didn't didn't have a lot of money, but just made it work. And I like really appreciated her coming and turning up. And um, and yeah, this was probably the first one she hasn't seen me physically win, but. Like I knew she was there um, and I know she was looking after us in some of those games. So, yeah, pretty happy with that. But, yeah, I mean, that's a, it's a nice little segue, that, isn't it? Because in a couple of those games, let's move it to two on the field stuff. I, I know she, she will be incredibly, incredibly proud, as I'm sure all your family is. But you need a bit of looking after it in those games. I just take, let's go back to the, the, the GB <laughs> game. Were you, were you surprised at just, just how out of the traps GB came? No, I was not surprised. Like, okay. they're a really, really good team. And I'd watched the way that they were training as a group. And, like, they had a lot to fight for. The amount of stuff they had to go through just to get there was, like, I'm really proud of them. And um, and I know they'll be disappointed with how they went, but seeing them actually turn up and the way that they performed wasn't surprising. But um yeah it was amazing to see and yeah when you get three tries down or 21 points down against a team like that you kind of start a little bit start questioning but I knew as soon as we got the ball like we just needed the ball to convert points and once you get an opportunity like that and we scored a couple of tries before the half I was like like we're, we're, we'll be okay but yeah it's, it's not easy and I know our families weren't too happy with that <laughs> Uh, so you come through that, um, uh, beginning to sort of grow grow through the tournament. Um, and then that semi-final, which those in the know w- would know that, that the Fiji programme is is, is, is is a proper programme and they've got some, some serious players. So it wasn't much of a for shock for, for those in the know to, to do them so well. But um, that, was, uh, that was a tight one, wasn't it? Yeah, probably a little bit tighter than what we'd hoped for or wanted in a semi. But 
like same kind of thing. We knew Fiji were good. They tested us against um while well, we played in Australia a month before that, and they yeah. actually went fourteen points up against us. So we knew they were really good, and they'd worked a lot on their set piece. Um, they were the fittest I've ever seen them play. And when a Fiji team's fit, they're a really really hard team because they all everything's just for them is just going forward. And you watch some of Seven's teams like for us, we sometimes go backwards to go forwards, but everything is about going forward and that's a really hard thing to stop so yeah I, we probably put ourselves in a position to have to go to golden point we, we we could have sealed that game off a little bit earlier on but that's just the nature of sevens and yeah i'm pretty grateful for a person like gail gordon who can go through five people to score a try in golden point. yeah abs- <laughs> yeah absolutely um so then you get to the final and are you surprised as there's quite a lot of us to 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 see the the French opposite you there. Did it matter at that point? We're just going to go out and win it. I want that gold. I want that uh, bit of chocolate money um, on the ribbon. Or would you would you like to have had Australia? Or did it just not matter? Oh, to me, it doesn't matter at that point. Like um, we probably thought we would play a USA and an Australia um, in the tournament at least at some stage in the yeah. in the tournament, but. Like, oh, I was pretty stoked for France. They only qualified a month before the Olympics. And and to me, that probably showed that the time they spent to get to that point gave them such an advantage leading in. Like, no one had really played, but they had played tournaments to get to the Olympics. So, um, yeah, we've had some good battles for France, and we played them, obviously, in the 2018 7th Rugby World Cup. So... It was a, a nice a nice another battle against them. But at that point in the tournament, like we had been in Rio and made the final and I remember thinking before the final, like, yes, I'm really happy we're gonna get a medal. And then we got a medal and I wasn't happy and I'm like, Well, I need to change my thought, like, oh, we're going to the final to win gold and that's that's what's gonna happen. Because I know Ruby's uh, Ruby too has uh, put a, a, a little post and said, "Oh, what what drives you over the last five years to get up and and in those dark days and the raining training days and and she's just said uh, in a typical Ruby way, just said, "Well, have you ever won silver in Olympics? Um, <laughs> <laughs> is that it's 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 that outside of the the, the family pieces um, that been the the motivation." For, for the five years yeah as you say lovely to get silver but you know what we can actually win gold yeah that's like that's been a motivator because like our team our team had stuff going on in, in Rio and, and whatnot but like we were a good enough team to win and we did it yeah. and Aussie beat us and so that and we had a very similar team leading in and a couple of awesome young girls for this this tournament so like we had enough people to um well sorry the whole squad like knew for the whole time that that's what the goal was and um and to be honest it was the one thing that we don't have as a team so yeah it was and I know that that because you want it and you dedicate your life to it doesn't mean it's going to happen I know that um but like we had four of the a uh, four of the best sevens players in the world, like actually named, and then you could probably name a couple others. Um, so it, yeah, we it was ours to lose. I, I actually think. Yeah, no, I, I 
couldn't couldn't agree when that uh, when the squad was announced on paper. It's uh, yeah, you're 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 a brave man to to bet against you. I'm just yeah, just delighted because it, there's so many great characters there. Quite a few of you we, we we've had on the pod. It'd be Ruby or Stacey and um, all the rest of it, and 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 that that sisterhood. Within that sisterhood, and you and you and you do lots of bits and pieces. Whether it's the the younger girls doing their TikTok, is, is that what it's called? I, I've got no idea, Sarah. It's I think so. Well, well beyond me, but it, but it seems there's lots of smiles on faces, and, and and as you as captain, you must must drive that kind of thing. Is that really really conscious? Oh, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm in a um, a team that like they want to drive it themselves, like. We've got a culture group um, and then we've got another group who runs social stuff. So, And that's run by some of the leaders, but also a lot of the younger girls. And yeah, we've kind of created this culture for us. It's about them being genuine people, but without them buying in and actually leading it themselves, it's pretty hard. So being lucky these young girls come in and want to be a part of it and really want to, um, for them, stamp their mark. So the last two months being away has absolutely flown by because of the characters we have in our team. <clears throat> you mentioned TikToks. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. They like they absolutely just flow. It, their personality throws um, flows through their social media, and I think that's really important for us. Like you want to have a good time when you um, when you're working really hard like that. So yeah. yeah, we have a lot of characters who will switch on and off when we need to. Nice. Yeah, absolutely. And, and those characters sort of c- combine on the field, don't they, with the, the, the different skills and, and, and attributes. If I just reel it back to opening ceremony and, and uh, an honor to, to lead your country in your chosen sport, but to, to lead your country into an Olympic Games, I, I mean, just how special was that? Oh, like, probably one of the most coolest things that I've ever done in my life. Like, and <clears throat> it was made special by being cloaked. So, obviously, you get a kōrōwai to wear a cloak, um, and that's been passed down through all the... Um, opening ceremonies so to get that in New Zealand was really really special and it doesn't happen very often but because of COVID um, I got it given to me my family were able to come my whole teammate like my whole team were there and we got it done at the training base so that was special and then there was a time where I might not even have made the opening ceremony because of flights and stuff like that and my management team like pretty much stayed up all night to make sure I got there so I'm really grateful for that and then just the walking down honestly took like felt like it took three like three seconds because it went so quickly but it would be one of the like I don't think anything in life would be able to top that it was yeah it was amazing and and similar kind of thing like it was awesome to be able to feel the love and support yeah, there's not much more to say than that. It's just, yeah, it was very, very, spe- a very, very special moment. How did you find out? I just got a call from our chief commissioner, um, Rob Waddell. He rang me. Uh, we were just at training one day, and it was just before a meeting. Got a phone call from a random number, which I don't actually normally answer. And then yeah. that day I did, and then yeah, he just asked if I wanted to be the flag bearer, and I just cried. <laughs> 
I didn't actually say anything back to him. I just cried, listened to him, hung up the phone, and then thought, oh, my God, I didn't even say anything. <laughs> I didn't actually say, yes, I could do it. <laughs> oh, but look, I think for, for, for lots of reasons, whether it be uh, not probably in New Zealand so much, but actually uh, around the world to, to have rugby, uh, a rugby player, um, lead out the, the the nation I think is significant mm. I think the fact that it's um, yourself as a, as a female is significant um, that the, those things aren't lost on you in the wider picture yeah no that that's yeah that's really special and like I'm the first Maori woman to lead out my country so for me that is probably the most special um, thing about it Wow. Oh, my goodness, Sarah. I mean, you have had the most unbelievable few weeks, haven't you? Absolutely. Weird. I know. I mean, I'm like... Where do you go from here? <laughs> I don't know. I'm only 28. I feel like I've got so much in my life to live. So I'm like, wow, if that's 28 years and I've got a pretty good life ahead of me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you'll have to move down to the second and third drawers now because you've, you've emptied the top <laughs> Uh, and you'll have to just discover what's in there. So I just just want to just want to just go back because uh, we we kind of touched on it, but not not a huge amount. And and then I'll let you you, you go and get your your head down. And we hugely appreciate your time today. But that final whistle goes, and 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 you're finally Olympic champion. Just take us through that next sort of hour hour and a half. Not not blow by blow or drink by drink um, or lift trophy lift by trophy lift, but <laughs> just 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 the emotions and 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 how you as a team embrace that that moment of finally achieving what you wanted to achieve. These are really cool clip that I reckon sums it up. I think Sky Sport put a montage together of like the initial basis straight after the game, and we're all like sobbing, smiling and <laughs> it pretty much sums up the next hour of um, like of getting the medal and the ceremony and stuff like that and there was just so much emotion like straight after the whistle it's just like a there's like that bit of relief to think holy our plan worked and we actually did it um, she's all those trainings worked and then just pure joy and there's so much hugging and embracing and heaps of photos and um, not just the players, but the management team as well, because like, oh, like everyone does for the Olympics, you, you give up your life to for little moments like that. And for us to be able to really take that moment and get that moment on the, like, the pinnacle stage was yeah, I, I think it'd be, it's a pretty hard thing to actually explain and put into words. It's just that ultimate like experience and something that yeah was was really amazing to be a part of. Yeah, absolutely. And France isn't too far away now. Three years. Yeah, three years. Yeah. We, we, what do you think? Do you think? I mean, yeah, it, it's very early days. The dust has, has hardly settled. With we're still polishing that the, the medal furiously. Uh, I would have thought. Um, have anyone made any decisions about moving on? Do you think you have a, a, a reasonable amount of that uh, that core squad still going into France? I haven't heard anyone wanting to move on at this stage. Um, everyone's pretty much been talking about that they're aiming for for Paris twenty twenty four. So, um, 
yeah, it's if we can all stay together, it'll be a powerful squad in three more years as well. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're up to France for some autumn 15s games and then a 15s World Cup. You win that. You can lead the team out there. Oh, stop it, Sarah. Some people are just too successful. <laughs> I'm pretty spoiled, all right? It's like, yeah. Life's yeah, really no. at the moment, mate. Uh, I'm, I'm absolutely chuffed for you. Um, yeah, as I, I, I said earlier, your your sense of, of, of family and doing it for those in, uh, in and around you um, is is palpable. And um, yeah, so it's, it's very close to my heart. So I very much identify, and I'm just absolutely delighted for you um, as a group. You're great to to watch on and off the field, and um, it's always great, great to speak to you. Thank you. So, so much for your time and, and, and sharing your, your thoughts and a huge, huge congratulations once again. All good. Thank you guys for having me on the pod and for what you guys do for women's rugby. We really appreciate it. Oh, great stuff. You take care and we'll catch up soon. Cool, Thank you. Cheers. Bye. Was it brilliant to hear from, from Sarah? Uh, I hope you enjoyed the, the chat as much as, as I did. To get a little snapshot into that amazing Olympic world, uh, it was just fascinating for me. The the flag bearer, a prouder moment for for a sportsman or, or sportswoman for their country. I wouldn't have thought leading the, leading the side into the Olympics and then to lead her team to, to gold and you know doing for people watching Alan and all the rest of the outs. Brilliant, there's very very good ambassador for for the game. But that about wraps up this uh, second part of the mini Olympic series here on the WRP. It does just leave me to say a huge, huge thank you to, to Jazz Joyce, Javi Gostaitis and to Sarah Hirini. Of course, all in very different situations, hotel rooms or cars on the way to airports. But I really, really appreciate them. Not an easy week for, for any of them to, to give up their time. So we really, really appreciate that. And the, the union's helping us out. Really appreciate that. Thank you very, very much to the team behind... This ugly mug on the WRP to Sean, to Tom and to Harry. Big up to you guys. And I must just tell you, keep an eye on our social media because we've got a really, really exciting competition coming up for you and your club. So we're not only providing analysis tools with uh, VO and get onto their website for your uh, £100 discount, but we're also... With this competition, doing something else for your club. I'm not going to tell you anymore, but it's uh, with a, a collaboration which you're really enjoying working with guys, similar sort of ethos to to our approach to things as well. So keep an eye on our socials. Where are those socials? I hear you say, of course, as ever, at Pod Women's Rugby. That's at Pod Women's Rugby. And don't forget, of course, you can get yourself some WRP stash if you so wish. Hallbro.com forward slash. WRP. That's hallbro.com forward slash WRP. There's some good stuff on there. Beanies, hats and training vests and leggings and uh, all the rest of it. Female fitted stuff, of course. Well done, Adidas, for finally doing that for uh, for the Blackbirds. We'll be back in just a matter of weeks. The fixes announced over here in England for the W uh, for the Women's League for the uh, Alliance Premier 15 out the week. So we will set up in a few weeks' time. Until then, stay safe. And thank you so much for listening. Music.